Thank you for listening to the official podcast of Canyon Creek Baptist Church, where our goal is to know Jesus and make Jesus known. To learn more about Canyon Creek, visit us online at creekfamily.org. Today's sermon comes from Pastor Josh Murray. All right, well, good morning again, and welcome to Canyon Creek. I also want to welcome those who are joining us online from home for our live stream service. We're glad that you're tuning in. There's a couple things I want to mention before we get started today. The first is that we announced last week, first blessing coming up on Saturday, April 2nd here at Canyon Creek. We're so excited about that outreach and that opportunity to minister to our community. And like we mentioned, we're going to need about 50 volunteers to make that event happen. And so if you will stop by the table in the foyer on your way out where the bulletins are. There's a packet there that, that goes into detail a little bit about the different ways that you can serve at First Blessing. I want to encourage you to stop by and take one of those home and read about the different opportunities for service. And then starting next week, you'll be able to sign up for how you want to serve, where you want to serve at First Blessing. But we're so excited about that and that opportunity to minister and to serve our community. The second thing I want to mention is man night. So can I see hands from all of the men in the room? Yes, men. All right. Thank you. This is for you. That's why I got your attention. All right. Because I know you probably weren't paying attention before I made you raise your hand. Just kidding. All right. I'm one of you. Man night. We're starting a new thing here at Canyon Creek on Sunday, March 6th. It's a Sunday, like I said, March 6th, 6.30 p.m. We're going to have man night. We're going to go through this incredible program called Better Man and learn about biblical manhood and what that looks like. And so I want to encourage every man to come to our first man night, Sunday, March 6th at 6.30 p.m. Now, let me see all the ladies' hands. If you have a man in here that belongs to you, make him come to man night, all right? (laughs) Sunday, March 6th, 6.30 p.m., all right? Today, we're wrapping up this Reset series, and we're talking about how we can start fresh in this new year, and we're going to just wrap it up today, and we're going to take everything that we've talked about for the last six weeks and sort of bring it together and talk about how we can continue moving forward in this. We're going to talk about how we can continue to truly live in the freedom that Christ purchased for us with his death and resurrection. But I want to start with a warning. I want to warn you about something, and that's that if you're at a place in your life today where because of this series and because of some praying and some thinking that you've been doing, maybe you understand who you are and you understand who God is and you understand why you're here. If that's where you are today, then you have already begun to live in freedom. All right, if that's where you are today, then you've already begun to move beyond shame and regret. If that's where you are today, then you've probably already broken free from some bondage and some strongholds in your life. So with that, there's a warning that we need to hear, and the warning is this. When you start to break free from strongholds and bondage and walk in freedom, Satan stands ready to drag you back into that bondage. All right. He loves to get a hold of people who feel free in the moment. He loves to take people who are just in the beginning stages of breaking away from pain and shame and regret. He loves to take people who are taking their first steps into freedom and into following Christ and drag them right back. He drags them right back into bondage, right back into slavery, right back into their former strongholds. 
And he does this by sowing seeds of discouragement. He sows seeds of insecurity. He sows seeds of isolation. And he does everything in his power to bring us back to a place where we were just before. So if you feel like you're start, starting to, to make progress and you're moving forward instead of backward, remember, Satan is around, right? And he's sort of laughing at us because he already knows that he's going to try to bring us back. So we need to be aware of that, all right? And we've been talking about some very practical things, and today I just want to wrap it up by talking about how we can continue moving forward in this and continue living for Jesus long-term. And I want us to look again at Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. It says, For freedom Christ set us free. Hallelujah, right? Then it says, Stand firm and don't submit again to a yoke of slavery. Paul says, It was for freedom that Christ set us free. In other words, God freed you so that you can live in freedom. All right, but it doesn't end there. Then Paul issues sort of a charge to us and he says, stand firm or take your stand and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. He says, you're free now, but you need to be on guard. You're free, but you need to prepare to put up a fight. You cannot allow yourselves to be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. And the reality is slavery is something that is in all of our past. We've all been slaves to sin, right? But now we live under grace. Now that doesn't mean that we're just free to keep on sinning. It just means that we live from a different kind of victory. It means that a a change has taken place in our lives. And I know that this change took place for me when I was 17. I got serious about my relationship with God. And the minute that I became serious about my relationship with God, I had some incredible people in my life who were helping me to grow spiritually and who were taking me through the books of the Bible. And I was very intentional about growing. And I'm thankful because that's something that I've never lost along the way. Right at the beginning, I wanted to to learn as much as I could about God. I wanted to learn as much as I could about the Bible. I wanted to grow in my faith. I wanted to grow in my relationship with him. And I remember sitting there in my bedroom thinking, I really want to get this right. I really want to do the right thing. I really want to grow. And early on, I started to feel God calling me to serve him in ministry. And that sort of solidified my desire to do the right thing. It was ingrained in my brain. I have to do what's right. I can't do what's wrong. And I sort of made a picture of what that would look like in my life. And it sort of came down to a list of do's and don'ts because I really wanted to live a life that was pleasing to God. And looking back now, I think early on, I sort of reduced my faith to that list of do's and don'ts. I sort of reduced my faith to that list of rules because I wanted to grow. And I thought that the best way I could possibly grow was to follow the rules. I thought that the best way I could possibly grow was to take note of that list. I thought that the best way for me to grow in my faith was to sort of have this list of accomplishments to present to God. And obviously I was very wrong, right? That mindset is not the way it works. If you really want to grow in your faith, I think it's more about presenting yourself to God as a broken and empty vessel saying to him, here I am. Right? I need your grace every single minute. I need your guidance every step I take. It's not about performance. It's about presence. It's about living every day in the presence of God. It's about walking with the spirit. This is how you experience the freedom that Jesus purchased for you through his death and resurrection. 
We believe strongly in salvation, right? By grace alone, through faith alone. Yet when we get past that, we sometimes think that we'll maintain our faith by our works. And I don't believe that's the right way to do it. We're saved by grace alone, through faith alone in Christ, and we grow the same way. We grow by grace alone, through faith alone in Christ. And that, I believe, is the key to staying out of bondage and living in freedom. It's consistently walking with Jesus and living a life that's pleasing to him. So I want to break this down into to three big ideas as we wrap up this series. Three things that we can do in our lives to consistently walk with Jesus and move further and further away from slavery and into freedom. The first one is this. We need to declare that we are dead to sin. All right? If we want to move forward from slavery and into freedom, we have to start by declaring that we are dead to sin. And Paul digs into this a little bit in Romans chapter 6. That's where we're going to be reading from today, starting in verse 11. He says, So you too consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its desires. Notice what Paul doesn't say. He doesn't say die to sin, right? He doesn't tell us that we need to die to sin. He says that we are dead to sin and alive through God in Christ Jesus. We need to understand that we're dead to sin. We need to declare it. We need to agree that we're dead to sin. That was the old version of us. Now we've been born again and the old me is gone. The old me that tried to live a life without God's help, that me is dead. The old me that was so susceptible to temptation and bondage, that me is dead. Now there's a new me, right? I've been born again, I've been made new, and now I get to agree with God that I am dead to sin, all right? If you're reading an older translation, it might use the word reckon in this verse, which I think is hilarious, right? It says, reckon yourselves dead to sin. And this word reckon, it means to consider or regard something in a specific way. So according to these translations, Paul might say, I reckon that you're dead to sin. And we need to agree with him on that. We need to agree with the work that God has already done in our lives. We're dead to it. All right. Now, the interesting thing about dead things is that they don't respond to anything anymore. Dead things don't respond Dead things don't hear, they don't see, they don't taste, they don't feel pain, they don't feel pressure, they don't move or act in any way because they're dead. So when we arrive at a place of temptation in our lives, we have to say, I'm dead to sin. We have to declare it. This temptation doesn't have to awaken anything in me anymore. This temptation doesn't have to be appetizing to me anymore. This temptation doesn't appeal to my flesh because that version of me is dead, all right? And if you keep reading and studying in Romans chapter seven, the next chapter, Paul issues a warning talking about how the old version of us can sometimes creep its way in and influence us to fall back into our old patterns of living. And I believe that can happen. I've seen that happen in my life because the old you might be dead because of the power of Jesus, but you might still be living your life as though the old you is in control. Does that make sense? I think we do that. You might be living your life as the old version of you. 
And the old version of you believes things like, I'm not worth it, right? The old version of you believes things like, I can't do this. I can't change. I'm not going to be able to get it right. So I might as well just give in and do my own thing. But when you declare that you are dead to sin, the old you doesn't get a say anymore. When you declare that you're dead to sin, you get to look at temptation straight in the face and say, you're dead to me. I don't have to give in to you anymore. I don't have to compromise anymore. I've made a decision and that's that I'm dead to sin and I'm moving forward, all right? Here's the second thing we need to do. Once you declare yourself dead to sin, you need to offer yourself completely to God. If we keep reading in in Romans chapter six, the next verse, verse 13, Paul says, do not offer any parts of it to sin as weapons for unrighteousness, talking about the flesh. But as those who are alive from the dead, he gives us this instruction, offer yourselves to God and all the parts of yourselves to God as weapons for righteousness. For sin will not rule over you because you are not under the law, but under grace. So once I've declared myself dead to sin, I'm saying I'm not gonna offer myself to sin anymore. Instead of offering myself to sin, I'm going to offer myself to God. I'm not going to allow myself to to give in to the power of sin anymore. I'm dead to that. And I'm offering myself completely to God so that as his word says, he can use me as a weapon for righteousness, right? We declare this sin doesn't rule over me anymore because I'm no longer living under the law. I'm living under grace. And when we offer ourselves to God, we need to be careful not to think that we're blessing him with some sort of amazing gift, right? We shouldn't be thinking, God, you should be really thankful that I'm offering myself to you, right? Now you can use me. You can use all of my talent. You can use all of my strength. I have so much to offer you. It's not how it works, right? When we offer ourselves to God, we come empty. We come dependent. We come dead. Because that's how sacrifices get offered. So we come to him with nothing and we say, God, I'm your vessel. I'm your instrument. Please use me. I can't do anything on my own. I can't change anything in this world without your power. So I'm giving myself completely to you. Declaring yourself dead to sin is something that you need to do periodically maybe, but giving yourself completely to God is something that you need to do daily. Every day of your life, you should wake up and offer yourself completely to God. Every morning when you spend time in prayer, when you spend time in his word, offer yourself to him. Hold out your hands and say, God, I didn't bring anything with me today, but I'm here and I'm fully surrendered to you. I offer myself completely to you. And this is the prayer that I pray on my way here on Sunday morning. I pray this this brief prayer. God, I give myself to you today. I can't do this on my own, so please use me to lead and to love your people today. That's my biggest concern. God, I want to give myself to you. I'm available for you to use me. I'm offering myself completely to you today. Not as some great gift, but as an empty and broken vessel ready to be used by you. And that's something I want to encourage you to do every day. Offer yourself completely to God. 
Now, offering yourself completely to him means that you're not giving him just some compartments of your life. We're not just giving him some of us. We're not just giving him one day a week. We're not just giving him some of our time or some of our talent or some of our treasure. Offering ourselves completely to him means that we're giving him control of everything in our lives. And the truth is that God wants 100% of your heart. He wants 100% of what you have to offer. He wants 100% of your time, 100% of your talent, 100% of your treasure. He wants 100% of your devotion, 100% of your affection. He wants you to be completely his because he's adopted you into his family and you belong to him. So I wanna encourage you to offer yourself completely to God every single day. Pray that prayer, God, I'm yours. Use me today. I offer myself completely to you. Use me to do something in this world. Use me to make a difference. Use me to love your people. All right? So we declare ourselves dead to sin. We offer ourselves completely to God. And lastly, and most importantly, we walk by the Spirit. We walk by the Spirit. If declaring myself dead to sin is something that I do periodically, and offering myself completely to God is something I do daily, Walking by the Spirit is something I do moment by moment, step by step, right? Walking by the Spirit is a a biblical phrase that comes from Galatians chapter five. Let's take a look at verse 16. He says, I say then, walk by the Spirit and you will certainly not carry out the desires of the flesh. Paul says, if we walk by the Spirit, we will not carry out the desires of the flesh. Of the flesh. And then if we were to keep reading, he would give us this lengthy list of ways that our flesh misbehaves. And typically we'd look at that list and we'd say, okay, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that one. I'll definitely never do that one, right? And when I haven't done everything on the list, then I'll be able to have fellowship with God. But Paul reverses it. He changes the order. He says, first, when you walk by the Spirit, you have fellowship with God. And if you walk by the Spirit and have fellowship with God, then you certainly won't carry out the desires of the flesh. All right? He reverses it. And then he gives this list of of fruit that our lives will produce as we walk by the Spirit. Verse 22, he says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. He says the law is not against such things. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Paul says if you walk by the Spirit, you'll produce this new kind of fruit in your life. And he gives us this list, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. How many of you need some of those, right? Maybe tomorrow morning, right? Just be careful asking for them. You'll ask for patience and he's gonna put you in some positions where you're gonna have to be patient. You're like, never mind, right? I don't wanna be patient, I don't care. When you're walking with the Spirit, He produces this fruit in you. And he goes on to say, the law is not against these things. And then he goes back over what we talked about earlier. He says, those of you who belong to Christ Jesus 
have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. In other words, those who are walking by the spirit, those who belong to Christ, we're dead to sin. And he says, since we live by the spirit, let us keep in step with the spirit. In other words, if you're walking by the spirit, you have to keep in step with the spirit. You have to walk at the pace that God is walking. If you're walking with him, you have to walk like him. You walk in fellowship and in closeness with God. We imitate what he's doing. We mimic what he's doing. We want to live with him and we want to live like him. And that comes with staying in proximity to the spirit. And that is how we live our lives for Jesus. You can come up with a list of do's and don'ts. You can check the box every day. You can live your life by the rules. You can try to earn your salvation. Or even if you don't do that, maybe you're saved by faith, but you're gonna try to keep growing in your faith by your works. Instead of doing all of that, Paul says, just walk by the Spirit. Instead of doing all that, Paul says, just be a friend of God. Declare yourself dead to sin, dead to the old you, dead to the old way of life. Now you're alive. Now you have new life because of Jesus. So we offer ourselves completely to him day by day. God, my life is yours. Use me. And we walk by the spirit moment by moment, step by step, in step with the spirit, staying close to him as he leads us and guides us and protects us and makes us more and more like him all along the way. So how do we stay out of bondage and continue to live in freedom? The answer is so simple. Walk with Jesus. Focus on your relationship with him. He paid the price for your life. He made it possible for you to be adopted into his family. He made it possible for you to be made new by his grace through your faith in him alone. And the more you intentionally walk with him, the closer to him you'll become. And the closer you are with Jesus, you'll become more and more and more like him. And it's easy to overcome discouragement when you're actively walking with Jesus. It's easy to overcome temptation when you're actively walking with Jesus. It's, over to, it's easy to, to overcome apathy when you're actively walking with Jesus because when you're walking with Jesus, it becomes so much easier to break free from everything that holds you back. So as we wrap up this reset, this new year thing, let's make it our one and only goal to intentionally and actively walk with Jesus. Moment by moment, day by day, let's draw closer and closer to him with every step that we take. And I believe that is how you make this year different than last year. Amen. By walking with Jesus, amen. amen. Let's pray together this morning. Father, we come to you today and we thank you so much for the new life that we can experience because of Jesus. We thank you that because of his death and his resurrection that we can declare ourselves dead to sin. We thank you that sin has no power over us. We thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross to satisfy the debt of our sins so that we could experience salvation and forgiveness by your grace through our faith alone. So we offer ourselves completely to you 
today and every day. We wanna live lives that honor you. We wanna live lives that glorify you. We give it all to you. We give you control over every part of our lives and we pray that you would have your way in us. Help us to actively and intentionally walk with your spirit. We thank you that your presence is with us as we walk through this life and we just pray that you'd guide us, that you'd lead us, that you'd direct us as we walk with you step by step. We thank you so much for your goodness, for your mercy, for your love. In Jesus' name, with heads bowed and eyes closed for just a moment, maybe you're here today, maybe you're watching online and you're still stuck in that sin, you're still stuck in that bondage, you're still stuck in the cycle of shame and you need to declare that you are dead to sin. The good news is true. You can experience forgiveness and salvation in a relationship with Jesus because God sent him to this world and he lived a perfect life and he died a sinner's death on a cross so that we could be forgiven. He was buried in a tomb, but he came out of it alive so that we could experience salvation, so that we could be forgiven of our sins, so that we could know God, so that we could spend eternity in heaven with him. So if that's you today and you wanna place your faith and your trust in Jesus, I just wanna encourage you to pray this prayer with me today. Church, let's make this our prayer together. Heavenly Father, I know that I'm a sinner and I'm asking you to forgive me today. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins and that you rose from the dead so that I could be saved. So today I turn away from my sin and I invite you to come into my heart and into my life so that I can know you and trust you and follow you as my Lord and Savior. I give it all to you today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. You've been listening to the official podcast of Canyon Creek Baptist Church. If you made a decision to commit your life to Jesus or would like to get connected with Canyon Creek, visit us online at creekfamily.org forward slash connect and fill out a connect card. Thanks again for joining us.